0: Hey there, Freedom Fighters. My name is Andrew Warner, and I'm talking to a guest who just smiled when he heard that because he's heard me say that so many times before. He is a repeat guest. Chris Besson has been on here to talk in the past about his company Call Loop, which um, I've got here in my notes. Last time we talked, can I say what the revenue was last time? I don't know that oh I got boy. your question, but it's fine.
1: Go for
0: it. It was like 700000 yeah. a year, which was damn good business, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty good. Still is. Yeah. And that's the thing that I didn't realize you did though. Um, after that, you apparently wrote a blog post where you said, I don't like my business. I'm tired of being mediocre. We're not big enough. We're not important enough. Too many things to deal with. I hate this. I don't. I think I'm going to close. I don't know if <laughs> I'm doing justice to the post, but that's essentially the vibe. And then the comments were like, dude, who writes like this? And then do you understand that we're customers of yours and you're basically just leaving us With this open loop or what's another Uh, thing? Um, uh, People said, is this just clever copywriting? What are you doing? Are you trying to get us on an email list? I I don't even know if you knew what you were doing. Were you just super brilliant with that post or just super (laughs) frustrated? Anyway, Loop is still up and running. But uh, after that post, he created sales message. Let me explain the difference between the two of them the way that he explains it to me. He says, Loop is like MailChimp where if you want to broadcast a message to multi, to many people and not do email the way Mail, mailchimp does but do it via text, Call loop is the text-based mailchimp. And the new business that we're here to talk about, which isn't so new anymore, but the newer of the two, is sales message and it's two-way texting. So if I had that up on my website, you could text me and if and you'd get an instant response, but if you responded back and I wasn't there to respond, anyone else on my team could also text back to you, just like we were all sharing the same phone. All right. I invited him here to talk about that uh, that post and sales message and what was going on in his head and how the two businesses are doing. And we can do it thanks to two phenomenal sponsors. The first, if you need a website hosted, go to hostgator.com slash Mixergy. The second, when you think maybe it's time for me to add another salesperson, I want you to go to overpass.com slash Mixergy, where you can hire and manage your salespeople. But first, Chris, good to have you here.
1: I am glad to be back. You know, it's been quite some time and, you know, we've seen each other grow up. So here we are. Yeah. Thanks for having me.
0: I'm glad you're here. Let's get into the, just the numbers. Call loop. Where's the revenue with call loop?
1: Yeah. It's uh, it's a little over 2 million right now. Annually yeah. recurring. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. And sales message. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot more than that. So I won't share the revenue on that, but uh, that is uh, substantially a lot more.
0: Yeah. In the millions. Yeah. All right. You do seem a lot happier now. Is it my hair? It's be my hair. <laughs> you do have good hair. <laughs> um, what was going on well, at Call Loop when you wrote that blog post?
1: So this is 2015. This is six years ago, I guess, um, which is crazy to think about because um, there's like three moments in your life that you really sort of peg as these, you know, as these pivotal moments. So this is 2015. Um, the idea for call loop was in 2009, um, recruited a co-founder and we started to build a product in 2010, really launched it in 2011 as a beta. And so, you know, as 2015 rolled around, it was like, um, and this is quite some time, but like the feelings are still there where, you know, the things with call loop were, we were a small team um my co-founder was still working a full-time job and so you know i'm not a developer but i can code i you know did the website i can design i can do all those sort of things but what was continually breaking with it was um just a lot of the tech you know and it wasn't really built to scale and so as 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 much as i wanted to really help customers and listen to to what they wanted and all the features that they wanted to do um i knew a lot of people and it really it weighed on me uh, it weighed on me because things were breaking, things were constantly breaking. And so, you know, I felt like, um, at the end of the day, it all came down to, to me and on my shoulders and it was just breaking. I got to sort of a breaking point, you know, call loop was, uh, was a great business. And so I, you know, at that time, I was just like, sort of ready for something different. Things were growing, you know, you, you'd look around and you'd see, man, you know, those businesses are growing a lot faster. Uh and you know, it was just sort of up and down. We were probably doing maybe 50,000 a month at that point. Um, and so, but it was just like breaking and we couldn't really like solve the problems. I love building product. And so, you know, I think I realized that later is I love building product, and if I can't build product and really turn it into a great platform, to me, that was like I was dying. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, we can't really solve those problems. And so What's one problem? Give me an stagnant. example
0: of something that you couldn't fix.
1: Um. Oh man, there's so many. Um, things are just breaking with like billing. Um, and I remember it pretty clearly. So Cameron Harold, who I really didn't know who Cameron Harold was, but you know, come to find out uh, who Cameron was after that, he was using it for like um, presenting at an EO event and mm-hmm. presenting at actually a Vistage event. And so you know, text to join, text this phone number. With this keyword you know he's in front of thousands of people and uh and just it didn't work and, it uh, broke. and that was just like one of the issues that I was like oh gosh you know and um but that was just one of the many you know there are so many other issues that were just not it was always breaking things were working and it just was so inconsistent and uh I get it. that was sort of that tipping point there
0: were you were you profitable or at fifty thousand were you losing money
1: yeah we were, we were making money yeah. So why Not couldn't lot, you we were making money. why couldn't you invest
0: that money into developers or why couldn't you raise some money?
1: Um we could have. I think a lot of that was really just sort of fear based, you know, it was like, oh man, how am I going to find somebody to really take this on and um you know, the company was was growing. I went to San Francisco for probably 3 or 4 weeks and we tried to raise money and it wasn't big enough, right? Which Um, the idea wasn't big enough or the
0: company wasn't big enough.
1: Yeah. I think the idea, like my vision for it, I think was very small. And so it wasn't a large, big vision at that time. What was the vision for it? Um, I mean, it was a small vision. I think it was, you know, really just building like a SMS sort of text message autoresponder, you know, for like multi-channel marketing campaigns. Right. And so it was, Uh, you know. Because you're using words like
0: autoresponder, you're thinking more like small info marketer, instead of doing the San Francisco thing, which is all text, all communication is moving to text, we are going to be the MailChimp of text. And once you conquer it, you get this, I don't know, uh, economies of scale, or you have these network effects and so on, because we know who everyone is. And so even if you didn't tell us your name on one campaign, we know you from another and all that stuff it it seems like you didn't do it because it's just not you and you didn't know how to get to that worldview or, or what yeah, would you, you know,
1: I, I think that was it too. I think maybe going into it was like, it was a, a lifestyle business. I wanted to keep it as lean as possible, you know? And so, you know, bringing on a team and, you know, we had some, some team members, um, in the company, but for whatever reason, like we couldn't, we couldn't get past it. And so I think a lot of that was, uh, it was just fear, you know, it was really fear of, uh, Gosh, you know, taking a, a bigger leap, not knowing how to fix it, sort of out right. of my control, you know, and just, yeah, it, uh, it wore, wore me down for sure.
0: All right. I described the blog post as you saying, I'm sick of this. I can't handle it. I'm done. Yeah. How would you describe it?
1: Um, cathartic. You know, I think. Yeah, you know, Were you were the- you
0: saying that? Did you mean to say this product sucks? Yeah. You did.
1: Did you yeah. have and did you
0: do it because you just felt it? Or did you say this product sucks because you were you had an idea for what you were going to do next and you wanted people to join an email list?
1: I didn't know what I was doing next. So, so this was just you venting? It was it was me open? just sort of putting putting a line in the sand ah. and saying, like, okay, look, you know, for me, like we all know what the good, the bad, the ugly with our own business, but when it starts to sort of leak out you know, I just want to call it because I was just out of integrity. I was really out of integrity mm. um, with like, all right, we're going to go. And uh, it was just, it was draining. So I wrote that really for me to draw a line in the sand and, and really say like, not again, like never enough. And so, you know, I went through um, just like back and forth, but I really made a decision like, all right, this to me was the answer that, that I wanted to sort of put out to the world because There's probably a ton of other people that were in my shoes. And so, you know, the whole series of this blog post, I sent it out to our whole list, customer list, you know, leave everybody. It was about 30 some odd thousand people. Um, And the subject line of the email was the death of call loop. And it was just like, hey, things are changing, click here. And it really went into that blog post. But that for me was really cathartic. Like I just needed to get it off my chest. And, you know, that first email really opened up. just like, you know, that you know, the, the line in there was really, I secretly despised my business. Um, and I did to a certain extent to where I was like, I built something. Oh my gosh, what did I build? Did I like this? Like, hold on. Is this going in the direction that I really liked? And, you know, I think a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of other founders building businesses that maybe they spend two, three, four, five years building something. And you look around and you're like, oh my gosh. Six years later, really? <laughs> and so, um, yeah, yeah, I can get into the other stuff.
0: And you weren't willing to do that. And so you said, if I say this publicly, then I have to do something about it. I have to either walk away and let somebody else fix it or start something much better Or and that's what you were pushing yourself to do.
1: Yeah, um, that and, uh, and at the time, uh, this is like I think Groove HQ, you know, they had that whole series. It was like you know, from Aha to Oh shit, you know, follow our journey from zero to hundred thousand. Like, man, that's interesting, right? They really they put themselves out there. They became very accountable, uh, and then you saw everybody sort of copying that, um, and uh, and then that got sort of played out. And so I was like, man, there's there's something interesting here that you know I'm 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 I want to transform the business, and so I wanted to to make it more of a public event. But that really came out towards the end. I was like, "Oh boy, you know what did I, what did I do?" Number one, but I was like, I was in it, and I was just going to follow through. And so, it was sort of my public declaration that you know we wanted to build a better company. You know, we were hearing from customers about things breaking, you know, about features they wanted, about all these things. And truth be told, like we couldn't do it. We couldn't really build it. And so, um, you know, from a technical standpoint, not so you know so many things to to dive into there, but. The end of that really came in, you know, follow our journey as we become a better company, as we transform wow. that, as we, you know, make the the mistakes. And so, you know, I launched that and really like that third thing, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. But, you know, the, the idea was, you know, follow along for the second chance startup. And fast forward today, lo and behold, we we have that second chance startup, which, um, you know, was never really documented. I wish we would have documented it. but. Um, Yeah. Let's start some of the documentation now.
0: So you didn't have an idea for what you were going to do next. Where did the idea for sales message come from?
1: So after that whole post, it was like, okay, here we are. Like we made that, you know, I made that declaration and uh, let's go and and reinvent it. And so um, we started to do that. And I said, guys, how long do you think it will take to basically rebuild this whole platform. Like, Oh, it's going to take at least a year, year and a half. I'm like, Oh gosh. So I had um, this other product um, we rolled out a couple of years ago called um, auto teleseminar. And I was like, man, we could probably reinvent that. So we, we created this product called kick a conference, which was, it was like Uber conference for marketers. Right. And so we spent a year, we spent uh, a lot of money trying to build this product. And at the end of that year. We made about fifteen hundred bucks, so I was like, "Ah!" So we piv we pivoted away from call loop. We started to build this other product, thinking, "Hey, we'll build this other product," and um, and no one wanted it. And so, you know, it was uh, really that next summer, uh, or actually, was it the next summer 2016, 2017, Um, I was like, "Well, let me just create a prototype." A lot of people want. All these features on Call Loop, like conversational messaging, and you know more around this conversational stuff. You know, you saw Intercom, you saw Drift, really sort of going, you know, deep on conversations. And so the idea for Sales Message um, was really sort of hatched out of that. Um, and I said, "Hey, before we launch anything, we made that mistake with Kick a Conference, spending a bunch of time, a bunch of money. No one wanted it." let me just put a webinar together. And, um, and I said, don't write a line of code. Uh, and, uh, and, um, we didn't. So I put a webinar and about, you know, four days later, we, you know, made about 4,500 bucks. So that was just that indication. And I knew that, like, I knew not to build anything without pre-selling it. And so finally, you know, put that, put that into place.
0: What was it? What was on the page that people liked?
1: Uh, for sales message,
0: for uh, yeah, for sales message,
1: yeah, um, it was. Uh, I just I can design, so I designed it up. <laughs> I flopped into Photoshop and designed up basically what the product um, and what people bu- were buying were the ability to have a phone number, have conversations. They can do it from the desktop um, and then integrate into you know their ex- existing systems. So, so the offer just was being a- more
0: a phone number that they could respond to from their desktop and integrate into their CRM. So that if they, is it the CRM? Mm -hmm. Yep. So if somebody bought something, they would know when they were messaging them. Is that it?
1: Um, Yeah. I mean, that's a use case, but you know, a lot of the folks were just um, they're generating leads and they're not having, you know, they're not able to get in touch with people. And so uh, a lot, A lot more businesses were using SMS, but they just didn't want to use their, their personal cell phone. So, you know, whether it's, you know, appointment reminders or just engaging with somebody or a customer needs, you know, something taken care of, you know, SMS is, uh, is that channel. So it just became a a basic interface to do that.
0: Chris, why couldn't they just use Google voice?
1: They do. Um, but
0: but, why were they going to use you instead of Google voice? What did you have that they didn't have? At Google.
1: Yeah. I mean, we had like canned responses, um, you know, you had a separate phone number. That's a different type of customer. You know, if someone's just using Google voice, you know, they're not going to use a tool like this because they're just going to use Google voice, you know? And so, you know, the integration, you know, we integrate with like Infusionsoft early on and uh, active campaign. And so to build an SMS into a workflow, automate an outbound sms and then actually reply uh, to those people because there's a lot of tools that would do outbound sms but there's no way to like field responses it was just sort of a one-way you know message so
0: okay all right so you finally had something that had legs close enough to what you're doing before that you can build it and you had some vision of it let me take a moment uh and talk about overpass my sponsor and then we'll come back and see what you did next do you have salespeople,
1: chris at your team Uh, yeah, we do. You do. At what point? Um, we're a very product led company. So product marketing, um, we've tried STRs and stuff, um, over the years, but we tried probably about a year and a half ago and now we're building out sort of, uh, a a sales team. It took us probably about a year and a half.
0: When does somebody come in contact with a salesperson?
1: Uh, once they get qualified, you know, once they meet our qualification of, you know, a demo.
0: So. so once they go through a demo, it's a salesperson who does a demo.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, we'll go through and we'll qualify them up front. And then if they meet sort of, we have a whole lead scoring system, like mm-hmm. Fibonacci lead scoring. And, uh, if they meet sort of that qualification, then, you know, then we'll outbound and, you know, we do some other research on that, on that customer. Some okay. may just be 35 bucks a month, but if they're have the potential, then we'll, we'll find that out and. Differently.
0: How tough was it to find salespeople, and I'm asking because Overpass is a place where you can find salespeople and then manage them on their platform.
1: Um, <laughs> how, it's okay how, to say it's easy. It's yeah, yeah. Uh, was it easy for you? Kind of, but you know, I mm-hmm. think I think you know what type of salesperson, and, and so I think there are certain stages of that, right? Like you have a SDR, a BDR. Um, an AE, you have all these different things that go into it and so I think it's interesting to understand what you need and at what price point does it actually make sense. So mm. for us it was figuring out early on it was like man, all right let's let's bring in some sales to take over demos that I was doing. And that worked but then at some point it's like well that you know selling such a low price point didn't make sense. And so you know we leaned into more marketing. Um, but I think there's a, you know, there's definitely a price point. You know, if you read, um, Aaron Ross's it's like, you know, 10,000 ACV and all that stuff, but it was, uh, it it wasn't easy.
0: What I find Chris is that when somebody wants to get a designer to design, maybe they're experimenting with Facebook ads they dip their toe in the water. They maybe hire a designer. They maybe ask somebody to design it for them. When it comes to sales, they either do it themselves or they go all in and they hire a full-time person. And it's hard to find that one person you're going to hire who, if this idea that you had doesn't work out, is then going to be somebody that you have to let go of. What Overpass allows you to do is basically hire hire salespeople as quickly as you could hire designers, as quickly as you can add more um, resources from AWS, and then also be as as picky as you'd like, you can see how many phone calls they made on the platform. You could see how reliable the person is before you hire them. Are they somebody who's really good with email or really good with phones? Is it someone that you're looking for who's more of maybe a a housewife who just has extra time, who's just going to nurture your customer? Or is it someone who's more of the aggressive, I've got to close the sale type of person? Whatever you're looking for, Overpass is a marketplace where you can find them. You can get started with them quickly. You can also end the relationship fairly easily, Uh, not fairly easily. And then if you want to manage them because they're going to be working remote, Overpass has software to do that. Anyone who wants to go give it a shot, who's saying, you know, I'd like to experiment with sales. I'd like to add somebody to just maybe even for this launch, I'd like somebody to be there to talk to some, to our customers while we're launching the product. And I can't do it myself. Or I'd like somebody to just hang out and text people or email our customers as it's a sales responsibility not customer support overpass has got you covered if you want to get started and go to overpass if you want to get started go to overpass.com mixergy and when you do there'll be a discount but also they'll take especially good care of you because they know that you come in for mixergy i don't think they're buying any other ads i know that they're just dedicated to trying this out with the mixergy audience i mean advertising otherwise they've just been uh growing their business organically so Give this a shot. It's brand new to you and my audience. People aren't talking about it, but they've been around and they're successful and they're there to help you if you go to overpass.com slash Mixergy. You've then had this product that made sense, Sales Message. What was the next step? Having somebody build it?
1: Um, yeah. So actually, uh, Andrew was um, working on Call Loop, right? And then we pivoted to a kick Conference and he was building that. And then we pivoted to Sales Message. And so he was building the product. You know, we're sort of stucking the whole thing out. Um, brought in another developer. Went through sort of a beta that whole next year, and uh, it really it struck a chord. And um, it was exciting to see sort of that growth. You know, I think you know one of the challenges with Call Loop was uh, it's usage based, and so you know there's subscription, there's usage, but you know being a subscription company, like you can really bet on the future. And, you know, on a usage base, you sort of your, your revenue is sort of up and down and up and down, mm. you know, has that roller coaster mean, so, If somebody doesn't yeah. send
0: out messages for three months, you don't make money from them.
1: Right. Right. And yeah. so, you know, there's, there's a checklist that I sort of went through. I'm like, all right, what do we need to do in order for this next product? Um, I love building software. You know, I just went through a, sort of a mental checklist on, all right, what does this business need to provide? Um, to build a, a solid, sustainable, growing business that um, that I enjoy, and so we started to build that, and um, and it worked. You know, we I remember at the time we sponsored like Infusionsoft's Icon event, and then the year later they canceled it. So we got a lot of early users from like Infusionsoft, um, you know, ActiveCampaign, and uh, and we're just building, building a, um, just building that product, you know, and solving that that problem. Wait, how long did it take them to build it? Um, so we started to build, I think, the end of October 2016, like November, December-ish. Okay. And I think we launched like that early beta version in, I want to say, March or May? Of 2016? Uh, 17. Of 2017. Yeah, so, so that yeah, means so two May,
0: years. Two years after yep. posting that I hate my company
1: blog post.
0: <laughs> so does that mean that you go to work every day with your customers knowing that you hate what you're selling them for two years?
1: It's not that I I hated the business. Um, So it was just like the things inside of it, you know, and it was still working. Look, things were still working. It was still functioning. It was was making money. It was helping customers. And so I think just being inside of it and you couldn't fix it, um, it was like, ah, it was painful. Um, but, But that year, you know, that sort of that year, um in a way i took off like to just sort of i don't know just took a step back and i was so uh-huh. tied to call loop as like my identity and my yes. business and you know just it's like no i'm good you know just so i just took that year
0: disconnected off. meaning stopped going to work or stopped caring
1: no uh probably the stop caring (laughs) time. Okay. So you go into work, stop taking
0: it personally say, all right, right. I got it off my chest. The business is going to continue. If customers leave, they leave. We're still going to be profitable because we're so lean. I'm just now tired of pretending that it does that, that things are working when they're not. That's it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, um, yeah, again, things were working, but it was, uh, um, it wasn't working for me. Okay. Right. Yeah. Did you lose customers
0: after that post or it didn't matter?
1: Um, it didn't, uh, it didn't, it didn't really affect much. You know, I think going into it was like, Oh man, am I just burning this down? Um, and you know, my, my dad called me actually, it's in the, it's in the poster where my dad called me. He's like, what the hell are you doing? And, um, you know, I was just like, I'm, I'm good. Like, I'm going to go through with it. And so I, I had some friends reach out and like, what are you doing? But also other friends like, look, I get it. You know, I get what you're, what you're going after here. And so, um, we didn't really lose a lot of customers from that. The, the business really just continued to, to grow. Um, you know, that was just sort of that moment in time that, you know, it just, it allowed me to think differently about like entrepreneurship and, you know, going after that, that bigger vision and, and building the team around us to get there. You know, I just never felt call loop would get to that grand vision. Um, because it just, you know, at the time required a lot of work can I, and we've since repaired it, but yeah.
0: Can I reveal a personal email that you sent me at the time? I think it's okay, but it's a bit of a, of a oh risk boy. for you to say yes. Sure. Okay. You sent me an email after that post saying, Andrew, do you know someone who could help me sell the business? You wanted, you were thinking about moving oh, wow. on. Do you yeah. remember that? Yeah. And yeah. so what, do you remember what happened with that?
1: Yeah. So this is, uh, so I think I, I did, I hired a, um, a broker, he went mm-hmm. out, brought in a couple of deals and there were some, you know, okay companies that came through, but no one was really you know it wasn't exciting. And so um because I had two investors, um, Trevor Mock, he runs carrot.com, he's a good friend of mine, and uh and Mark Ford, who's one of the, you know, ready ready fire aim, you know, he's one of the accord founders. And um and so I was just like, man, this is um this is not working. And more importantly, even if I did sell it, no one really gave a great offer. Mm. So I was like, okay, well, you know, let's uh let's keep 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 riding here.
0: I'm going to read one other thing from this email that (laughs) I I probably shouldn't, but it's, I get it. I relate to it. I said, uh, wow, that's a big move. Happy to help. I made an introduction to someone asked how things were going. And you said, yeah, things are going really well and and quite excited about it.
1: (laughs) What what was the date?
0: (laughs) The date was May 28th, 2015.
1: Yeah. So that was like, that was, it was exciting. You know, it was, it was sort of this, you know, got to pull away all the stuff, you know, we're Ah, rebuilding a team and starting over and it just created this new pathway forward. So, you know, it was exciting to burn it down and and just set a new path forward, you know, and just that declaration that, you know, I wanted to transform. Um, I wanted to transform the business. I knew it could be a better company. I knew it could be a better business. And I just, I didn't want to settle for that. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people resonated with that. It was very ballsy. You know, there were very. people that were just super upset and I'm sure, you know, it was funny because like, I had all my competitors email me like, Hey, let me know if you want to sell it. And they're just trying to pick up the scraps. But, um, yeah. So yeah, it was, it was exciting. It's funny. It was a while ago.
0: <laughs> and so then a couple, <laughs> you spent a couple of years building it. How's, where's the money come from for that? How do you even get your developers Um, to not pay attention to call loop to stay focused on this new thing?
1: Well, I built a whole new team. In addition to
0: call loop or.
1: Yeah. So we still kept sort of the the same small development team. And, you know, I think early on it was like, all right. We couldn't really rebuild call Loop right. Without rebuilding a whole new Mm -hmm. team. And I was like, all right, well again, let, let's try a different product. Let's try a different uh, different vehicle. And so, you know, KALIP was still, still going. Um, but I think, you know, looking back on it, you know, um, in hindsight, that was probably the best move was to build a whole new team that wasn't tied to the past, tied to the baggage and the luggage and all the sort of, you know, legacy stuff that, you know, the decisions you made early on really affected how you sort of changed it in the future. And so I I didn't want anything to, um, cloud our decisions and really build as we went and being a lot more nimble and agile, not so just tied to what we had before. So,
0: okay. So you had enough money call loop that you were able to fund a team of how many people?
1: Um, sales message was, I mean, call loop at the time was probably maybe three. Um, sales message, we built a team like two or three early on. Um, hey. yeah, two or three developers, two or
0: three people spending a couple of years, well, a little over a year because it was, it was multiple ideas that you were working through in the two years, uh, after the first blog post and before sales message was officially launched. All right. That makes sense. And I guess you now have a new thing that you're excited about that makes sense. Were you talking to customers about it, showing them getting feedback? While you were um, building
1: it, yeah, yeah, I think I, I just took a different a different approach, and you know, we brought beta users in. We we're showing the product. We we're keeping them updated, and it allowed us to to build sort of this early early growth. You know, early on, mm-hmm. we went from two thousand to five thousand to twelve thousand, and so it just you know exponentially started to um, started to grow, and that's exciting. You know, just building something. I love create. I love creating stuff, and mm-hmm. it's like. If I'm not building or creating, uh, then that's, that's my outlet. And it just happens that it comes through building teachers and software. And so, you know, as we were building that out, it just, it, it really started to, uh, to grow. And it's,
0: I feel like you also like marketing. Do you,
1: um, that's an interesting question. Maybe so, you used to, yeah, tell me. I did. Yeah. You know, I used to, I, I fell in love with marketing and, um, I liked. I didn't so much like the information marketing, right? Meaning, you know, you can create a course, and I've, I've created many that were quite successful. But um, I always liked to. So I sold my first company in 2005, and that was I, I sold Crimson Tires in eBay. Um, but to me, that was like that first notch in the belt. And so I went out and just sort of explored different businesses. Um, I went deep on internet marketing and direct response and copywriting and learned all these great skills. And um, I don't, it's not that I don't like marketing as much. I realized that if I invest my time in building a great product, marketing is the fuel on the fire. And so every time we invest in building great products, it pays dividends. And so, um, as much as I like marketing, I don't like to execute on the marketing side of things, you know? So you're on, you're on mute, Andrew. You don't like the work involved
0: in executing it?
1: Um, yeah, you know, I think I, I did, I did Mm -hmm. in the past. Yeah. Um, You know why
0: I say, I, I feel like you did. It's partially the way that you used to talk to me about what you were building. It's also like, um, I hunted for your name online, there's a warrior forum account that you created 16 (laughs) years ago. I see (laughs) posts where you're looking for people to help you promote and market and looking for affiliates and all that. And you were active in these places. I guess at some point it seems like you got burned out on that. Like you felt I'm selling something that I don't believe in. I want, I'm getting better at selling and less good at the product. And then it makes me feel bad that I'm now selling to more people, something that I believe in less and less and you wanted to undo that and do a reverse. Um, it.
1: No, I, to me, it was school. It was like learning, learning marketing and learning copywriting. And how do you create products and how do you design websites and how do you do HTML? And so that was my, that was my school of like the hard knocks. And I just loved learning all of those things that go into, into building a company. And so I just saw those as cool. Like that's, that's a, that's a a stepping stone to really what I wanted to build, which is really, you know, software. And I just, I loved building software. And even though I can't code, I just liked the ability to create something that solved a larger problem. And, uh, you know, like I have a lot of friends that are in info marketing space and, and God bless them. Like, you know, that's just not me. And, um, I like to build. I like to build products. I like to build software. So, all right. I want to get into the product building
0: and then a little bit into the marketing of it. First, my second sponsor yeah. is HostGator. Chris, let me ask you this. If you were starting out today, fresh faced kid got nothing except Andrew gives you a HostGator account. You could create any kind of website you want on it. What would you create? Don't have a lot of resources. All you could do is launch with that.
1: Somebody should take this idea. NFTs are hot. huh. And what I would do is I would put together, <laughs> do you remember the million dollar homepage?
0: Yes. So Ooh, I would do uh-huh. the
1: million dollar homepage for NFTs. How and that work? Get a collage, get all the okay. best artists in the world, get a collage. They all submit their collage for like a thousand bucks or one ETH. You get an ultimate collage, you auction it off, and now you have this million dollar homepage thing.
0: Wait, they they all Post-Gator. they all pay to do that.
1: <laughs> um. So what I would do is, there's artists all over the world, so maybe you charge them, um, you know, for a a. a a one by one pixel, or not even a pixel, but really like a piece of a a section of this overall NFT art piece. I mean, Beeple sold that NFT for like 69 million or something. So I figured we'll get the best artists in the world to participate in this square. And then after that, that square is done, you charge a fee for it. Maybe it's one ETH um, Ethereum. And then you auction off that that, uh, collage.
0: That feels like a rough thing to do to, to pay the artists to be a part of this. No, they pay you. So it could be they, any artist. in the world. So the, the artists world. pay so they just buy the in order to, to
1: buy the box submit, and then you get to sell it? They put their art on there and they okay. put their art on there. And then, you know, we could do like some charity arm or something like that, where, you know, the money goes to uh, a charity or something. So, Okay.
0: I, yeah. I feel like you've got something in there, the million dollar homepage where he sold a dollar for each pixel on the homepage, <laughs> yeah. sold a million pixels and ended up actually selling more than a million dollars worth of revenue because some pixels he sold for more money once he saw that he could. All right. I like mm-hmm. that idea. I feel like we need to flesh it out a little bit more, but there's something in that, <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> it's a brainy, weird, uh, crazy idea, but it'd be, it'd be fun to see. All right, whether it's that idea
0: or anything else, when you need a website to host it, go to hostgator.com slash Mixergy and they will give you a super low price if you use that slash Mixergy. It's reliable hosting. It just freaking works. And then you can move on with your idea instead of spending forever trying to think about who hosts it and what do I do? Hostgator.com slash Mixergy. All right, um, what was it about the product that allowed you in the early days to feel proud? What did you add to
1: it that you felt proud of? Yeah. Um, I think it was just the speed of innovation. You know, being able to to create that. Um, you know, it was a simple product. You know, I remember showing it to you know the team at Active Campaign, and they were like, "Oh my gosh! You know, our, our customers can use this." And so, um, what did we create? I think it was just it was it was a combination of all of all of that that just solved a really simple problem early on, which was being able to add SMS to a workflow, and then creating those conversations, you know, we had customers from all over, um, uh, you know, all over the U S and, and all different types of industries. So, you know, they were solving all different, you know, use cases from, you know, lead qualification to um, appointment reminders and, and everything in between. And, you know, when, when people are excited about it and they're telling you, then the, then that's exciting. And also having a team to, to help solve those problems. But
0: when you say that it had those integrations with uh, Infusionsoft and ActiveCampaign, it was if when you're collecting contact information from people, the form would also ask for an E for in addition to an email address, a phone number, the phone number would get stored where it's sales message or get stored with Infusionsoft, ActiveCampaign and the other companies.
1: Yeah. So it would go through their marketing automation, right? So that's a, a ActiveCampaign or Infusionsoft form. Mm-hmm. and then that would just through uh through an http post through mm-hmm. fusionsoft send that through sales message you know outbound that text message and then if people reply there's an interface to you know go back and forth on those conversations
0: I got it got it just, so just like now i can say after 3 interactions send somebody a f- this specific fourth email I could say after three interactions, send them an SMS. And then if they respond to the SMS, instead of them getting a, sorry, this is a one-way communication channel, they get, their message comes to my web page or my phone and other people on my team, and we could respond back and manage it. And that's the simplicity of it. And that's what worked that that does make a ton of sense, especially back then when this stuff was just starting to become interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was it. I mean, today it's evolved so much and, you know, it uh, it's still at its core. You know, I think if you look at Intercom and how they have, you know, they're really more web chat, but the same way that you would use Intercom to have conversations and uh, send, you know, mass messages or send those mass emails um, and build a lot of that functionality to, to engage with those, those contacts. Um, it's evolved a lot. You know, we're a team of 22 now which is, um, I know, uh, tell me about it and it's growing. And so it's, it's been, we've learned a lot, you know, I think just being an entrepreneur and how to build teams and how to build process and, you know, just everything in between. It's been a wild journey. It hasn't been easy (laughs) by any means. Um, there's been a lot of crazy stuff, but you know, it's, you know, as i look back on these years, it's been, it's been awesome. What's the crazy stuff? It's been a good ride. Um, you know, <laughs> gosh, um, don't hold back. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, it, you know, I think you realize that, um, or at least I realized that in order to get to sort of like the vision that is set, um, you know, people is really important and, um, my, my original co-founder, Andrew, awesome guy, uh, it just got to a point where it wasn't working and we both knew it. And, um, and so I had to, um, you know, we, we had to, to part ways and that was a very, very, very scary moment where you don't realize, or you don't know how you're going to, um, move forward, that things are going to get worse. Um, and things don't, they, you know, things happen, you move forward, uh, and you pick up the pieces and you move on. And so that was just, uh, you know, it was a very, um, uncertain time on the future of sales message, but in reality, it actually was, um, a great thing that happened. And, you know, we were able to, uh, to continue to build the business, build products, grow the company. How tough Um, was it to buy them out? Um, he wasn't a a shareholder in the company. And Mm. so, you know, it was was a lot easier if it was, you know, the other, then it would have been a little bit. So the difficulty was in
0: what, and just saying to him, you built this, I'm sorry, we can't continue.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mm. you know, you, you work with somebody for many many years and it just doesn't work out. And, um, it's, it's very tough, you know, on, on both sides. How did you get yourself uh, to,
0: to do that? I've, I've found that people who do that Need yeah. somebody from the outside to say you have to, and sometimes you, it, it's even an ultimatum. If you don't do it, I can't work with you. You know, where a well, third person says that, or or an advisor says that to them.
1: Yeah, the the signs were were early on, um, and and when you have people telling you that it's you know him or them or people start leaving and, and you know, you, 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 just hear stuff. Ah, so that so, is
0: what was happening. People, people, I don't want to embarrass him, but I don't want to embarrass him. I don't want to embarrass you, but yeah. what you're saying is there was internal pressure from people. It just didn't make sense. And that's what got you knew. to take that tough. Yeah.
1: Move. We all knew. And you know, it's, um, this is the first time I've ever talked about it. It's uncomfortable to talk about it. Yeah, I bet. Um, thanks. And you know, we, we just, we, 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 we knew You know, we knew, and, um, you know, it just, uh, it sort of got to that, that tail end where, you know, you, you have to make a decision and at the end of the day, it's a business decision anyways. So, um, but yeah, I think, you know, that, that was it. We just, um, it just didn't work out. It didn't work out.
0: All right. And so then growth ended up coming in the beginning through these, um, these integrations, Infusionsoft has a marketplace, active campaign, I think had a marketplace at the time, right? They're promoting all the tools that work with their software. They're sending you customers. You've got customers from call loop who want the extra functionality. That's where I think your first customers came from, right?
1: Uh, yeah. Yep. From that, you know, we, we did send out like a couple, couple of promotions to the call loop list. Mm-hmm. And so some customers came over from that, That seeded it a little bit. Um, but they're really two separate customers. Um, and that was the realization it's like, oh, wow, they're actually totally different. Uh, and so it came from that, you know, we're doing some marketing and just organically word of mouth really started to kick in. And since then we do a lot more, you know, on the marketing side with that. But, um, but early on, it was sort of that word of mouth that was, you know, helping it, helping it grow and through the integrations that helped too.
0: So. Okay. And then today where's, yeah. uh, where are customers coming from?
1: All over, um, you know, come from integrations, word of mouth, you know, we have a bunch of agencies, affiliates, um, you know, we do ads. So, you know, we're starting to diversify a lot of the, the marketing side of things, but uh, it's, you know, it's, it's not perfect, <laughs> right? okay. but it's working, you know, so.
0: All right let me close off with three things that I have in my notes from the first conversation or one of the conversations that I had with you here on, on the podcast. One was, we asked you, our producer did, um, what advice would you give somebody? And you said you'd suggest doing more customer profiling in the beginning. And that's one of the things that you learned from the lean startup movement. Um, What did you do that at sales message? How did you do it?
1: Um. Well, we didn't do it with Kick Conference, right? which <laughs> uh-huh. was the opposite. <laughs> that was not the lean that startup lesson. approach. That was the opposite of lean startup. That was like the expensive uh, startup there. Um. Yeah. You know, we did. We we did that webinar. We didn't write any code. We went out and we pre-sold. Well, that's it. We that's the lean startup idea of right.
0: of of starting the simplest of MVP, minimum viable product. But did you also start to bucket people? Did you start to create did you start to say our ideal first customer is and then start looking for people who are similar
1: to that or um, or not I don't think I knew so much about like doing okay. that I think it was like it early on it was let's solve this and then we did we, you know I, I interviewed a bunch of people and uh, and just got to learn a little bit about what they're trying to solve mm-hmm. you know today it's like jobs to be done and really understanding that but um, we did a little bit early on. I don't think it was like a, a big thing Okay. in, uh, in the beginning.
0: All right. Um, we asked you what were you thinking about for the future? And this was roughly 2014, about a year before you wrote that post. And you said, I'm thinking of a, what's of creating a WhatsApp for business. Some kind of SMS yeah. is the new inbox for business mixed with automation. It seems like that's what you ended up with here, <laughs> right?
1: That's funny. Um, yeah, uh, that, that's that, that's really funny. I think the vision for sales message is still that in a way is creating this all in one, you know, sales, marketing support, uh, messaging inbox. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, channel WhatsApp's a channel. So I think that, that kernel of the idea, I guess, must've been there. Um, and just maybe seeing the rise of, of WhatsApp. Um, I don't know if it's wavered so much, but yeah, I think. I guess I was, okay. I guess I was right. <laughs>
0: All right. The final thing is, I, I don't think I liked your answer on this and I don't think I included in the interview. We asked if you started a startup book club, what would be the first must read book? And you said success principles by Jack Canfield. I don't think I included in the interview because I think I thought that you were just looking for a quick book answer. Was oh, that really book. that influential or were you just
1: doing what I think, which is tossing something out? No, that's a really good book. I it think, is? Have you read that book? I did.
0: It? It's like basically what he did is he took all the self-improvement books that he read and he turned each, it? each into a chapter. When did you read it? Um, before starting Mixergy, I even went to some little event that he did for 30 people where he spoke about the ideas in the book. Mm-hmm. And
1: yeah, I, just so I read that in, yeah, I want it. to say 2007, 2008. Okay. And. Uh, you know, at that time, like, you know, the secret and all that stuff was coming out. And, you know, that book had a lot of that stuff in there. I think yeah. it was impactful for me because I was like super deep in personal development. And uh, I remember one thing, you know, it says uh, Jim Carrey, like carried a check around in his wallet and all that. Yes, the um, check that he had a million yeah.
0: dollar check to himself in his wallet. Yeah. And he promised himself that he would one day cash it. And I think he even had the date on it.
1: Yeah, okay. yeah. You know, it's funny as I look back on that, you know, we made vision boards um, and my wife made a vision board probably five, six years ago, maybe more than that. And, you know, we, we bought a house last year and we we pulled out this vision board and about 85% of what was on her vision board came true or better. One of them was like, she put chickens on the, you know, on the vision board. We'll come to find out our next door neighbor has chickens. And so it's like these small little things that, Um, I think at that time, that was a good book for me. That was a really good book.
0: All right. I think I dismissed it out of cynicism and the sense that it's not deep enough, but if it's not deep Mm, enough, it's fine as an entry into this. And cynicism is never really helpful. All right. What are you reading now? Is there anything that you'd like to leave us with?
1: Oh man. Uh, what am I reading now? I am reading, um, jobs to be done. I'm reading, Mm -hmm. um, the who. Uh, it's the whole hiring, hiring process. I yeah. read that a million times and now we're like actually documenting the whole process. So I'm dissecting the book, putting it into a process. So we have a process for hiring cause we're hiring like five people right now. And mm-hmm. it's like, how do you wrangle it all in and scale it? So,
0: well, congratulations. One of the, the cool things about you is how much of your life, your business life is documented online. I mean, look at, look at this, look at like how young you were in this. You might've even been a college student in this post, right? <laughs> and yeah, as I yeah. as I go through the internet archive, I could see your evolution as an entrepreneur. I could see your evolution as a as a business person. Um, and I'm so glad that this interview is part of that archive. I feel like we don't do that enough. We we don't leave these little breadcrumbs for ourselves to go back and say, This is how I got here, for other people to say this is how I did it. Um and I'm yeah. I'm happy to see that you you left it on this was a gutsy thing you did with that post an impressive result is a,
1: this is a very uncomfortable interview yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think but I think it know I
1: think a lot of people can hopefully learn from it um, because it doesn't have to be the way that you think it is and so um, that was a very you know bold moment but it was for me it wasn't for anybody else yeah and it allowed me to uh, to change that trajectory. For, for
0: the good damn impressive i'm so for the glad good that entry i'm looking forward to another five years from now and we'll see where you we'll end up i yeah. love that yes open invitation anytime but let's not make it more than half a decade like we did now and for anyone else who's out there listening i do keep these emails and i promise if it was if he sent me anything super personal i would not have read it but i do love when um People just kind of catch me up with what they're doing. Send me a message saying, Andrew, one day I'm going to do this. Andrew, here's how far I've come. And I keep it. And sometimes I show it to them. There's one entrepreneur who was crying on the phone and tried to stop himself. I said, you let that go on the Zoom call. I said, you let that go so that years from now, when you're doing well, you remember this moment instead of like holding back and having some nothing event happen. You should feel how low you are. And he happened to be in town uh, post-COVID um, just actually a couple of months ago. And I invited him and another interviewee out for drinks. And I totally forgot that I said that. And that was one of his proudest moments because he just celebrated a huge raise and he's, he still doesn't have it all figured out, but he's at a place now where he can look back on that and say, I've come really far and appreciate how far he's come. Yeah. And it's, it's yeah. meaningful. And I'm I'm glad that we've had these meaningful interactions over the years.
1: Yeah, it's 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 a journey. There is no doubt about that. You know, I wish I would have documented more. I wish I would yeah. have documented more. It's it's all par- private. not public, but that's great.
0: All right, we'll keep doing it together. Thank you. Thanks everyone.